0: Welcome to the Top Golfer podcast, number five, actually, in association with Flowgas. Delighted to say, great partners. And on the line this morning, we have <clears throat> Joe Hannigan. How are you, Joe?
1: I'm good, yeah. Thanks a million, Gary.
0: So you're one of the stalwarts of the Top Golfer Tour.
1: How, uh, um, how, long, how
0: long have you been involved, Joe?
1: Uh, well, I've been involved in, for about five, six years. I, can't, I was overseas in Lebanon in 2013, 14. And I came back and uh, I went to Hollystown and there was a top golfer event on. And uh, I played with Steve Finlan, who you've interviewed already. Yeah. And I just got the bug for it then. I, like, I played in three or four events that year. Went to Conquer Wood yeah, for the playoffs. Didn't qualify. But I said then after that, uh, I'll qualify the following year. And so for the, for the next five, well, since then I've qualified for every final.
0: What, what do you find different about it, say, just playing your... Your kind of weekend club competitions.
1: Um, when I'm playing in the top golfer, what I find is, uh, you're, you, if you're if you're having a bad round, say and you're you're looking for, like I play off three. So if you're shooting eighty or above, you're 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 playing you're playing poor. But you know you get through the front nine, you might be six over, you know six seven over, and you're, and you're 78, you're seventy eight You might throw the towel in. Whereas when you're playing the top golf, you're thinking, you know, top 20, you know, 81 or 82 might just get you inside the top 20, get you a few extra right. points. And next time, you know, you get to the back six. I had an incident there in Killeen, the Four Lakes, and I was, I was very poor for the first 12. And I'm heading for, I think it was 6-7 over. And I'm saying to myself, geez, Joe, we want to get the finger out here, you know, you want to get a few points. <laughs> and I, I went around the back six and one under, and I ended up finishing around 12th, you know, and I got, got good points. And you're trying to accumulate those points so that you can get to the playoffs and to the final. Bon is another example, Joe, wasn't it? I think I, I met you after nine holes and yeah, Bon was another one where uh, Derma came in and he says, uh, "Just think of Bob Rotella." You know, he, mm-hmm. we had a chat before, and he says, "You know, again, I was nine over, I think, and I came back and one under. I think I had an eighty or a seventy-nine or something in around that. And uh, again, I think I finished sixteenth or in, in the top twenty. And again, it's just a few extra points, but uh, as the man says, points make prizes. So you know the, <laughs> It's good for your game. I find it's good for your game because you're concentrating throughout the, throughout the round. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it, so there's almost, you know, there's always something to play for even, it's funny because it's kind of similar to playing on tour, like some weeks, you know, you could play your absolute best um, and try and, you know, or feel like you've played your best and try your hardest and, and 25th could be the best you could do or just barely making a cut and then other weeks you play really well and, you know, have a top 10 or or whatever, win or whatnot, and it almost seems easy. But it's, it's kind of those rounds where you're just trying to keep accumulating points and, and get your way up the order of merit. And that, that's probably good as well for, for how you navigate the game at home as well when you're playing the club, club competitions too.
1: I oh, guess. yeah, de- de- definitely. Like, when I, I found, like, I got stuck at five for a few years, and then, like, I, okay, you practice your short game, and, and that comes down. But the fact that you're like you're playing for every shot. So when what happens is you're out in a club competition and you're, for me, I'd be playing for the gross more so than the overall. But yeah. uh, again, you find yourself maybe three, four over in a club competition. You're saying, yeah, like what you're saying, you could be, you might feel you're playing bad, but the conditions that are out there. You know, it ends up being a good score and you might win the gross or whatever because you're concentrating on every shot. And then there's other times when you're playing, you're playing, or what, what you feel, you, you the perception you're playing well. You might be shooting three or four shots better, but the conditions are better. And I always say. You know, if I'm shooting well, other people are shooting well. If I'm shooting poor, yeah. other people are shooting poor. And that's, 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 that's the only way you can kind of think about it, you know?
0: Yeah, the, the weird thing is, though, at times when you're having a really good round and you almost <clears throat> never give yourself enough credit for it and you think, oh, you know, I'm hundred today or three hundred today and you're thinking everyone else is doing the same. It's such a, it's such a fine balance trying to almost reward yourself when, when you're getting your max out of your game
1: yeah no, um yeah but but just from the the perspective of club competi- co- competitions, I just know from experience that it, you know, and I, like as, as you said, like when, when you play well you you're playing well, and you on, you're on cloud nine, and like I'd always analyze me rounds afterwards. i just I, I, I don't get into too much analytics of it. I just look at my driving my uh greens and regulations and the amount of puts I take. After that, I don't care. I just look at the three things, and I say, if I'm doing those three. I'm happy
0: yeah. enough, you know. A, ver- a very, a very good way to, um to judge your putting is, uh, if you go on the footage that you hold, more so on the putts that you hit.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I remember you saying that to us out in, um, we were out in Druids, Glen. I remember you saying about the the, the footage yeah. and, I you know, Brendan, McGo- I'm in Headford so Brendan McGovern would say the same thing and, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Joe Dillon is out there, the yeah. Damien McGrane, uh, Dam- Damien McGrane would be out there. Like, I, I, I see myself as a good putter. Regardless, I would normally get round in about. I would average maybe thirty putts in a round. You know.
0: Okay. You no, know, not not all
1: not always from big footage, but uh, yeah. But just a, there's a consistency there with with, with the putting. If if I had a weakness in my game, it might be my approach shots. You know.
0: So Joe, you're you're um you're a member in Hedford. That's, that's quite a thick made accent you have.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm, I'm a dulce, so I'm a dub living in the country. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't, you don't become a mead man uh, unless you're born here. If you, you know, my kids, my, my kids follow me through the schools. And, uh, okay. Very funny because my eldest lad, when Dublin were winning the All-Ireland in 2011, for the whole year, he, like, it was the first year he kind of looked at Gaelic football. And he, all he kept saying to me was, boo the dub-dubs. And, <laughs> and since then, Dublin have been great. So you know, <laughs> it's may, long may it last. <laughs> so,
0: so, was it a woman that dragged you up to, to Hedford then?
1: No, I was no, I was in, no, was in um, no. We both lived in Dublin, and um, okay. not too not too far away from uh, the Spawell complex, um, which is where I kind of fe- well, it's where I fell in love with golf, I suppose. I Me, mean, like my dad played a little bit of golf there. But it uh, was a, like I worked up in Spawell before I joined the Defence Forces, and um,
0: the likes of oh, Peter right.
1: O'Connor, Snowball was up there. Kieran Monaghan was up there. Yes. Uh, Paul Granger, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot, lot of, lot of characters up there, and it's just interesting watching them swinging. I remember Peter O'Connor. I think he I could be wrong. Uh, I think he taught John O'Leary uh, uh-huh. when when he was younger, and um, but but Snowball would be up there, and he'd be in the 70s. And he'd be hitting golf balls. And the only thing I noticed about him was, whether it was a wedge, a tree iron or a driver, it was the exact same speed of swing. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know? But yeah. uh, It's
0: funny, actually. We were, we were chatting to Donald um, yesterday, and he was saying how his grandmother got him into the game. Like, there's always that kind of, yeah. you know, spirit or someone that gives you that, you know, you know, for lifers like us
1: that want to play golf forever, really.
0: And oh, like, yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: That person growing up. That gets you, gives you that buzz,
1: really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I was big time into soccer, and uh, I had done athletics, and I played a lot of tennis, and you know. But my, my father only ever played one sport. Well, he, he was he was he was into the horse race, and he was a bookmaker when when he was younger, and then became a taxi driver. But my dad only played one sport that I ever seen him play, and that was golf. Okay. You now he played off a high, you know, being a bookie, he played off a high handicap and gave him <laughs> and, and weighted himself very well, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was, I used to caddy for him up in Edmundstown and uh, the, he was a member in the Curra. and um, I just used to caddy for him and that's, that's, that's like, all I ever wanted to do was play golf with him, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so I, that, was a, that's, I was the very same, that's how I got into the game, caddying caddy for my dad yeah. and it was good exercise because he used to hit the ball all over the place. So. LAUGHTER <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. how, how how do you find the balance um, between family and work and golf joe
1: um, well i've four kids now i've ranging from four boys from 15, 15 13 10 and 5 and, oh. and they are a handful but um, yeah between yeah work it can, it can be difficult at times like but like i go out and play nines in the evening um, okay. normally normally in march if the covid wasn't around i'd normally take a week off maybe in march or april and i just spend one week where i just decide right i'm going to practice for one week i'm going to practice me driving me chipping i'm going to just spend two or three hours then have me lunch go and spend another two or three hours in the morning and then um, yeah. and in the afternoon and that week just sets me up for the year i just find no, i haven't done it this year yet but i always find if i do that one week you know, I, 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 it just sets me up for the year that my swing is gone and stuff like that, you know? Very good.
0: Well, it's it's so, it's so true because I, I used to do that when I was playing amateur golf. I used to kind of take the month of April, yeah. you know, when there wasn't as much of it, you know, as much competition as we have nowadays. And I was still in school and I used to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go practice up late and then come home and have a shower and breakfast and, and cycle into school. But, and I, you know, I'll 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 go to my grave saying, because I used to hit 50 drivers every morning and I can still drive the ball quite well. And when I was, you know, competing, driving was by far the, you know, the best part of my game, but it was from those mornings. So it, it's great to hear you saying that, you know, it, it does set you up. And I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of overcoaching going on at the moment. And I think that, especially for you, it's such a busy life, you know, to get away from, you know, maybe first thing in the morning, which being an army man wouldn't be a problem, but uh you're out there, especially the way the weather is at the moment. Like, if you get out there at six in the morning for an hour or so, and just it's it's a wonderful way, to, as you said, to set your game up.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm very fortunate, like with work. Like I was like so I done 24-hour shift on Sunday, so I was off yesterday. I'm off today. You know, and and we do these shifts and shift patterns sometimes where we do a 24-hour shift. Now you, you can get your head down, but um, you're in barracks for the twenty-four hours, but um, it does it does give you it does free up time for you. Now I, I know when you're playing golf and you're tired, and I, I fully accept like we're we're all amateur golfers, so like yeah. each day is different. You could go out very fresh one day, another day you could go out and you're very tired, and you're wondering why you're playing bad. I, I I'm, I'm over all of that now, and I understand yeah. okay. <laughs> I understand all that. And, and like I was up in the, I was up in the range in Navin there last last night, um, just practicing, and. So I, sometimes I fiddle around with what I'm doing. Now, I don't do major changes. So, we we so all like, do I, that, Joe. And I put the toe of the driver to the ball. And I just put it there one, one, <clears throat> one of the days, a couple of years ago, I put the toe, because I was, I, was I was getting a slice, so I wanted to keep the club on the inside. And I just start yeah. hitting it with the toe, toe to the ball, and I start whacking it out straight, and I says, if I hit another 10 of them like that, I'm going to keep it like that. And that's, what I, and that's why I drive the ball the way I do. It's not, it's yeah. not picture perfect. But it, but it works for me. And then um, with the irons, what I'm doing this year is I've moved my eye line from behind the ball to the front of the ball so that I get more kind of elevation on it. And okay. it's working at the moment. If it, if it stays working, I'll use it. If it doesn't, I'll just go back to the way I was, I was hitting it, you know? Yeah a,
0: yeah, a good thing to do as well. Um, because cause the, thing, the thing with how you practice and how you play you know, you, you fiddle around on the range when you're trying stuff, but subconsciously you do it on the golf course as well. And oh yeah.
1: Absolutely. I think it's
0: it's it's important to when you're going to the range. I used to always just have a notepad with me, you know, and if I found a nice feeling or found a, a certain thought or a technique, just to write it down. Yeah. You know, it's a simple because as my dad used to say that the stub of a pen is better than an incredible memory. So yeah, because you know, you'll always go. Oh, what was it feeling back then? But just to have a little black book and just write things down. There you um, yeah. And like the written word at times just seeps into into the brain a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, no. As I
1: said, like even like you know, I was like like putting. I love I love putting. Just love the putting side of things. Trying to trying to gauge a green, how quick the speed is. Uh, but I always find like it goes for like I I. I Put, put cack handed and I've never changed I've done that since I was playing pitch and putt as a child and yeah. I just never cha- changed that grip I changed my grip obviously with the clubs um, to the conventional way but um, yeah I just I, I just get one putt I could go four or five weeks and I'm just saying geez it's not working I'm missing putts and then I get hit one and I'm like that's it that's the one yeah. that's what I need to yeah, hit and that. once I find once I find that it's like I'm going to put well for the rest of the, for, for, for the next few weeks and I find I watch I watch a couple of the players. I try and watch other players, not necessarily pros, but um, I watch other people and what works for them as well. So, you know, I, like I watch Jack Nicholas. He slides his left foot back, keeps the kind of the putter open, and you know I, I do that when I'm missing a few puts. I just do it maybe for one or two puts. I'll slide my left foot back if I'm p- kind of pulling them to the left a little bit, and they, okay. for me they start going in the hole. But like I, there's no not, that's reason. All that no, yeah, that's that, all that that's matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> you know, it's yeah.
0: like some of the best putters in the history of the game have had the worst putting strokes, but yet we're all being consumed with you know trying to build a perfect putting stroke, and it doesn't exist. Yeah. I think visual, visualization and imagination and putting is as absolutely if not more important than yeah. you know than pro- proper technique. And, and yeah. most people most people swing the way they stroke the putter as well, right. I heard Tiger Woods saying that a few years ago when I think it was with Hank Haney when he was making a swing change that he had to change his putting stroke as well, wow. which I found fascinating and I didn't really understand it. And then I kind of delved into it a bit. And you watch, you watch guys. You know, a guy who slices his putt on the green will definitely slice his tee shots. That's just in their makeup. But it, it's. Do you find any any uh, synergy between your your work life and and golf, because obviously being in the army, it's very, you know, it's a very structured thing to to be involved in. Is there any any marriage between the two?
1: Yeah, no, definitely no, no. Like like I said, I'd be very analytic. So like, okay, you know, um, like we like we would have to judge distance anyway in the army. Like, like when you're doing your NCOs course, your recruit crew training, there's all judging the distance. That's without a laser range finder, but um, yeah. and you know. Uh, I suppose it teaches you to play the percentages you know you see that you see the red flag it's at the front of the green you're up in Delgany on the third hole and you know that it's going to fall off the front. you know <laughs> if you're short yeah. it's going to be but you but you've got to realize there's twenty yards of green behind the ball twenty five yards middle yeah. middle is fine middle, yeah. sometimes sometimes yeah I, I think the, the army just te- teaches you the percentages it teaches you okay. where not to go. <laughs>
0: Exactly. You know. <laughs> well, that, that's a good thing <laughs> in the army.
1: Yeah, you know. So, like, well, here we, you know, I suppose we're in plenty of bunkers in the army, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh,
0: what, what, was, what was the experience like in the Lebanon,
1: Joe? I had two different uh, experiences. I, in I went over in uh, ninety six, ninety seven on a on a winter trip, and I went over in two thousand and thirteen, fourteen on a winter trip. Uh, ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, it was very iffy, very very dangerous at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah it, like it's hard to explain to people it's, it's, it's a different world over there um, but it was, there was some hairy moments in, in 96 97 but funnily enough the, the biggest disaster was we were nearly killed by the chefs because 69 was got salmonella and I, I happened to be one of them and wow. um, yeah I got Medivac down to Paul Medcoy down in the core and uh, yeah I was for, just very lucky but it was, it was 68 or 69 was ended up with salmonella and then like the next trip then in 2013-14 was was a very quiet trip you know so we're okay. very fortunate that that it, that it is fairly quiet out there but you know it can kick off at any stage mm-hmm. uh well the other side the other side of it is that in fairness I, I do say to people and people say oh if there's say mortar fire coming in or whatever like 96 97 that's what you're trained for you know um, and yeah. you know you know you, you go through the exercise you, you train for it and you know you're you're just used to it. Well, I find that's what, the way I... Everyone is different, though. Everyone copes different, yeah. you know, and you, you get these people post-traumatic stress, and I, can, I fully understand that, you know. But um, for me, it was just, that's the job. You go out and you do the job. You, you, put, you go into the trenches, and that's, that's it, you know. What was the mortar for, like? Uh, yeah, well, we were heading for the bunker, so... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we were out in a place in called Fraggle Rock. There was nine of us. it uh, was one morning there, bad fog. We could hear the Hezbollah moving around at the back of the post because they would use us as cover. So they would use the UN post, fire over the UN post at the Israelis or the Christians uh, yeah. and, and, hit their, and hit their targets. And then the problem was when they were firing back to try and get at them, they would inevitably go close uh, with the shrapnel maybe coming over the wall because the boys would be tight in the fog, but you couldn't see them. And, um, Are you sure
0: – are you sure it was Salmonella or you were just all shitting
1: yourselves? No, I was definitely Salmonella. <laughs> the, 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 the cooks i know the story—is the cooks left the egg mayo out in the, the heat. It came from egg mayonnaise, you know. <laughs> yes.
0: And, and uh, how, how how does the training help then? Like in a situation like that, because obviously it's—you know—it's it's, you know, it's, it's the, the scariest thing, sent of all to try to survive. How how does the training help you in, in that way?
1: Well, when you're younger, you don't think about it. Well, I, oh, well, I didn't anyway, you know. Like, so like when, when, when that shelling started that day, uh, actually Fergal Croote was with us that day, the CEO of the boxing. Uh, sure. There was Huey Purcell. There was uh, Dinny Barry. There was nine of us on that post. It was, we were just an observation post, just to observe what was going on around. Um, and we were, like I said, I was, only, I was only young, maybe 23, 24. So instead of running for the bunker straight away, breakfast had been made that morning. So we ran into we ran into the porter cabin, got the breakfast, and then headed for the bunker. Which, not, not we, you wouldn't tell that to the officer, obviously. You know, we uh, <laughs> into the bunker with the breakfast, and we're sitting down having the breakfast while the shelling is going on. And one had land close, say fifty meters to hundred meters away, and you turn around to the lad beside you and go, jeez, that was close, wasn't it?" And does the ground
0: does the ground shudder when that happens, Joe?
1: It does, yeah, yeah. No, the ground will shudder, and you and you might you'll, you'll hear shrapnel. You know the bits of rock or whatever bouncing around the place, or stones or whatever. You know, um, like unfortunately, like a lot of our lads that have died mm-hmm. over there, it's been from those kind of repri- repri- reprisal kind of things where where it's landed in the camp. You know, okay. uh, unfortunately, you know, but we have touch wood now. We've been very lucky over the last twenty twenty five years. You know, well, in general, we've been very lucky. We haven't lost that many, but any debt is a is a loss. You know. Yes.
0: No, because I. I remember going up in Kilkenny as a kid, because we had a big barracks in Kilkenny, so I remember the guys, you know, friends of mine, their dads that were in the army yeah. that would have gone on those trips, so <clears throat> it's fascinating yeah. to listen to that.
1: Yeah, no, and as said, I was, like, as said, I've been very fortunate, like, you know, with, with the Defence Forces, Um, <clears> I'd <like I> done, <throat> done 10 years in the infantry, you know, uh, went on a software engineering course in Dundalk for two years, and then went back and you know, work in the IT side of things, so I've been, I've been very lucky, and, you know, and um, like as I said my father used to play golf and um, in 95 96 he had a he had a stroke and uh, now he was all right he was fine but I remember I, I think it was a year or two later he, like I used to go to uh he played golf on the Mondays in Hermitage the golf society and then um, he got me into it and I said look I'll try and take a half day on a Monday and we'll go just just for him to exercise and get back out and playing a bit you know yeah and the gas parabola is you know, he, he, like he's still alive and he's you know, he's, you know, he doesn't play much anymore, very, very rarely plays. Okay, but uh, the gas part about it is he's not in the society anymore. I still play to this day, like I'm 25 26 years later. I still go to Hermitage on a Monday when I get a half day and play with the lads that are out there. And, and I have to say, if you ever want to learn how to play golf, the, the Mondays is a place to learn because mm. we have a few mm. bets with the lads. You might play for five, 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 five ten, five, whatever it is. You learn pretty quick, you know. You, you you know you have to hold putts, otherwise you're going to lose a few quid, you know.
0: <laughs> it's great. It's great. Like it, and this is what I've missed enormously in the lockdown because most of my golf now is just social golf, and it's it's that fun and banter with your with your pals, and you could even Absolutely. see it with the, with that game with the weekend with, with Tom Brady and and Peyton Manning. You know the fair factor that comes into golf, and you know there's a lot when there's a little bit on the line, and it's it's that the banter and camaraderie really is. It's it's unique to the sport, I think. Oh yeah,
1: I I, abs- I absolutely I absolutely love the banter. Like like when you hit a bad shot and you're going like someone says, geez, what are you doing over there?" You, you know or you know, yeah. You know <laughs> yeah, it's it's just you know.
0: I think I think it's really important to when you're out in a good four ball with your mates that you have to sing when you're winning because you're only really setting them up or setting yourself up to get it on the way back.
1: Absolutely.
0: I find golf great for that.
1: Yeah, no, and as like I said, like, we, we throw in a few other things. Uh, when, when I'm up in Headford now, uh, there's the lad Phil Brady and Kieran Walsh and some, some great characters up there. Uh, Kevin Fagan, we might play a four ball and uh, we'll play for 5-5-10 five, five, and then we play birdies and oozlers. And uh, yeah, so the, you know the oozers on the par three, and, and if you get a birdie, there's a euro as well. So it really <laughs> it really keeps the mind tuned. And if there's if there's if, if there's only three of us, we'll um, we'll play skins. Uh, now, I have to give them a truckload of shots, but uh, you know it, it does be great crack though. Keep your focus. Good,
0: good game, actually. If you're only playing, because a lot of the courses now that you can only you're only allowed to play in a three ball.
1: It's a right, really yeah. fun
0: game. A fun game to play in a three-ball because it's not quite the same buzz as a four-ball. But if the guy tees off first, if he hits his tee shot down the middle, and let's say the other two guys who tee off second and third, they're either side. The guy in the middle then has to play against the guys on the outside. Well, so no matter, t- no matter what tee, no matter what shots in the middle, you got to play against the other two. And let's say you play Euro hole. So if you win you win two euros. The guy in the middle. But if he loses, he loses two euros. So it's it's a fun <laughs> way to get around. You know, to get because there's very few golf clubs. I would say historically have played three balls. Um, so that's a still way to or a good way to still get a bit of golf in. How 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 are things been? Um, at Headford with the with back to play, Joe. Is it busy? It
1: it is it is busy. Now I I know. Some people are from Navin. I know there's a stretch on the five kilometres, maybe, but um, look, at least yeah, look, they have they have three balls out there on on the new and two on the old. It's it's working very well. Like okay. the distance apart, like you you literally go out play your golf. You're back in you're back in the car. Like there's yeah, you know. There's there's no I- I interaction really. You'll go into the pro shop. You'll see Brendan or you'll see Darren, and y you, you know your your tea time is there. So there's I just feel for all the staff because like the yeah. the bar staff had to be let go, the the catering, you know, some of the green staff, you know. So yeah. touch wood you now that, that they'll all be back, you know. And you know, as I said, I just I just really feel feel for the staff. More like look, the golf course look it will be there all year. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah as I said, just just I, I just feel just feel for the staff and I'll, I'll, maybe you know hopefully the, the the club will do something maybe run some something for for the staff maybe get them a few quid i don't know but um yeah you'd like but to think they'll do something like you that
0: the challenge tour coming as well don't you isn't, isn't that in september is
1: it uh well. the challenge tour yeah yeah the, the well it's supposed to be there from the 10th to the 13th of september uh the european challenge tour was there last year we're a little bit unlucky because the cameras all came out on the last day and it got rained off and it just yeah. went straight straight to time. a playoff. So yeah, we got we got three days, three days of good golf, but unfortunately the weather was against us last year. But hopefully this year you now, yeah. love to see. Uh, just, it's just great to see the boys hitting the ball and uh, to prove how how tough Headford is off the back. Um, one of the Irish lads went on to finish fourth, I think, in France. Was it Moynihan? I think went on to finish. He he didn't he didn't, he didn't finish close in uh, Headford, but went on to finish fourth in France, which just shows yeah. uh, the quality of the golf course. You know What's,
0: what's your favourite stop on the? I was looking at your your achievements last year, Joe. You played a lot of golf in Wicklow. Is Wicklow your favourite county in Ireland?
1: And uh, yeah, it's it's up there It's up there Like I, I like I, You know I like I like playing Delgany I finished I, I drifted out to four And I finished I think Third or fourth In the Junior Scratch Cup Got back down to three I was in Powers Court I, I had a putt to win The Junior Scratch Cup Didn't know that At, at the last Went to put Put it one handed At the last Thinking yeah I'm going to finish wow. About seventh or eight And I missed it <laughs> Finished fourth uh-huh. On the back But uh, see that's the That's the disadvantage Of not having a scorecard uh, I've done well in McCredden Arclow, You know But I, like there's so many good golf courses in Ireland. You know, we're 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 absolutely spoiled for choice. Uh, and in fairness to the top golfer tour, like the the, the golf courses are quality. Like I got to play Coolaten last year. Never played it before. Didn't play particularly well. Bar the first, where I hit driver driver into a bush, took a drop, and then ho- and hold a chip shot. I had Michael Stewart yes. with me, but uh, he was and he still won't let me forget that. But um, but yeah, no, it's just. Just a thrill of playing different courses and you know, having to scramble for your scores. Like the first time I played Powers Court, yeah, it wasn't overly hot, same at Delgany. But like, you get used to it and you start, you learn your way and you learn you learn fairly quick how to get around these golf courses. And then um, it's great, it's great for your game.
0: Last question, Joe, because we've taken up too much of your time. Um, Lynx or Parkland?
1: I would be a Parkland guy, but that's nothing against the links. it's just that's what I've grown up on. With the links, the likes of Port Marnock. I remember we had the final there one year. And it's, it's people say when, when you play a course and you say, you're shooting bad scores on it or it doesn't suit your eye, and they say, oh, that's a terrible course. Like, it's a fantastic course. It's just I don't play it particularly well. That's all. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. uh, there's, and there is the odd one, like, that half links like Woodbrook that I do play well, you know. So, um, yeah, I've gone up to Ross's point. Like, there's some tremendous, like, I, I would be more parkland, but that's just because of what I grew up on. I know a lot of people okay. would be links. You know, yeah.
0: Cool, Joe is fascinating talking to you. Uh, absolute absolute pleasure talking to you. Certainly, some of the most interesting stories we've had. Um, <laughs> yeah. Best just, best luck. Hopefully, we get a bit of golf for the end just, of the season. Just and, just
1: just yeah. before we go, uh, two years ago, I just we were playing in uh, Druids Glen, and I was leading the top golfer. Uh, I was I was we played nine holes in Druids Heat. And um, I was leading at that point, and someone asked you a question How do you get to the leader? And you said, Don't worry, he'll blow up. You were dead right. (laughs) 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 I'll leave you on that note.
0: Cheers, Joe. Thanks, William. Thanks, Thanks William.